Hey, second phase podcast friends. I am coming to you today with a complete change of plans. Um, We are in the throes of an unprecedented event of the coronavirus. And I have mapped out my podcast episodes through, I guess, July now, maybe even further in terms of when they're going to air. We have interviews scheduled all the way through August. And Today, I interviewed someone um, who I was going to bring to you in July, but I cannot wait that long to release this episode because Gina Rubel, who owns Furia Rubel, Furia Rubel is an award-winning women-owned integrated and strategic marketing and public relations agency serving the legal, financial service, education, municipal, healthcare, senior living, and nonprofit industries. and. Gina is a PR expert and a crisis management expert. And we were talking and I was like, you know, Gina, this air, this episode isn't going to air until um, July, but I still want to address the crisis management and what you're going through right now with coronavirus. And so we did the interview and afterwards I was doing the introduction and I thought, you know what? I cannot wait to release this episode until July. Right now, we are going through so many mixed emotions. There's fear, there's anxiety, there's, you know, doom and gloom. There's, there's so many unknowns, but yet I'm seeing hope. And a change of plans happens to be part of what hope is about, right? We get so inundated with our lives and what's happening in the moment that we sometimes forget that it's okay to change course. It's okay to change whatever we have mapped out. And sometimes change is absolutely necessary. Right now, we're living in a moment of complete and utter change. We are working from home. We're going nowhere. We're socially isolated with the exception of what we're doing online and whether or not we're able to work virtually, whether or not you know we are on social media, those are our social outlets now. And, you know, life has, has changed dramatically just within my own house. I'm, you know, used to being here and working alone every day, if not at my studio. And now I have my husband home working remotely. I have my kids home. My college age son is home doing cyber classes. My senior in high school, we have so many unknowns, like his senior year, you know, that that moment in time that is so special to kids and as they're growing up and moving on for their future. And that has been completely turned upside down for him. Um, You know, my daughter's doing distant learning. She's 12 and, and she's here at home every day, all day. And this is, it's such an unprecedented time and none of us really know exactly how to handle it. But the one thing I'm going to say for sure is that there is hope. And together, if we are willing to continue to be positive and let hope fill our hearts, we're going to get through this and we're going to get through it and come out even better than before when we get to the other side. So I am praying for everyone to be safe, to be healthy, to be smart, and to follow the procedures of social distancing right now to you know, be thoughtful of other people and be thoughtful of those people who are immunocompromised, who cannot afford to get this virus. It's a matter of life and death for them. So use precaution, do what the recommendations are saying to do to keep yourself safe and to keep others safe. Don't give up that hope. Pray for others, pray for yourself. And Really be insightful as to the experience that we're going through today. Document it. And you'll look back on this in years to come and think, wow, you know, we survived that. And look at how things are today. Now, I'm not going to pretend that there are a lot of unknowns. And Gina and I address this a little bit in today's episode where, you know, we talk about the fact that in July, when we thought this was going to air, we, we 
it's going to be completely different than it is today. And we don't know what our economic status is going to be. We don't know what the outcomes are going to be from a healthcare perspective and, you know, the complications that people could have related to this disease. You know, the, how many people are going to lose loved ones? We don't know the answers to these questions today. But I do want to emphasize that there are so many things that we can do to cheer people up, to share our knowledge, to share our creativity, to go online and use your voice to educate other people. If there are people in need that you can teach them something, you could you know, share your expertise to tutor children. Well, you know, the parents are working from home. They can't afford to take breaks and help their children. Maybe that's your expertise. Offer to do that. You can meet with them virtually. There are so many things you can do with all of the technology that is out there now. So take advantage of those and share your light, share your hope with other people. Okay. I'm going to stop ranting and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Gina and then we're going to dive into today's episode. I think you're going to find it enlightening. Um, Gina is so, she's, she's just amazing. That's all I can say about her. She's a genuine human. She's honest. She's kind. She's loving. She's empathetic. And I think we can use some of those traits that Gina exudes every day in this time of crisis and in how we approach this experience and how we move forward either in business or in life after the coronavirus has subsided and, and moved away. So corporate and law firm leaders call on Gina for high stakes public relations, crisis planning, and incident response support, including high profile litigation, media relations. One of the most widely acknowledged experts on legal marketing and law firm public relations, Gina is a sought after speaker and media expert. Listed among the Law Dragon Global 100 Leading Consultants and Strategists to the Legal Profession, Gina published the second edition of her book, Everyday Public Relations for Lawyers, in 2019. She founded and continues to lead Furia Rubel Communications, the award-winning PR and marketing agency that has become a leading legal marketing and professional service communications boutique. The full-service marketing and public relations shop has been listed among the leading agencies by the National Law Journal, the Legal Intelligencer, New Jersey Law Journal, and Philadelphia Business Journal. Under Gina's direction, Furia Rubel provides strategic planning, marketing, public relations, media training, and content marketing services to a variety of specialized industries. Gina's legal background complements her unparalleled intuition as a client advocate and business diplomat, allowing her to partner with professional clients to achieve their objectives. She and the Furia Rubel team are always focused on the client's unique selling proposition, brand, key messages, and target audiences. So join me today as I interview Gina and we dive into some of the tips that she offers for public relations, but also crisis management and how each of us as individuals should be handling the coronavirus and really any crisis that come upon in our businesses or our lives in the future. Enjoy the episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a personal branding expert and photographer. I am so excited you are here with me today to chat all about personal branding, personal development, and life overall in the second phase. What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build a business from the ground up when I was terrified to put myself out into the world. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change, a traumatic loss, a move, an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive in to a new episode. Gina Rubel, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. 
Thank you so much, Robin, for having me. It's great to uh, be chatting with you today. Yeah, I'm super excited. You are a wealth of knowledge, um, a powerhouse when it comes to women in business, and I'm very thrilled to be able to share you with my listeners. Well, thank you. Gina, will you please tell the listeners just a little bit about you? Oh, where to start? I'm a mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a working mother. I've had uh, my company, Fury Rubel Communications, for 18 years. I live in Bucks County, Pennsylvania on an incredible, uh, what uh, I call it a mini farm. My office is located in a renovated traditional red barn with, you know, the white shutters and I get to look out over the field. Um, yesterday I got to watch foxes play. So um, I've been able to create an ideal world of working hard and living life, which has been, um, you know, it's a dream. It's an absolute dream. Not very many people are fortunate enough to be able to say that. You know, it's interesting. When I, um, I left a job almost 19 years ago because my daughter had gotten sick when she was an infant and um, they weren't very tolerant of me missing work. And I'm, I'm using careful words here because I am a PR practitioner and uh, words matter. <laughs> but I pledged to my family and myself that family would always come first. And we purchased the house that we're in now because I could have a business here. Um, and we created that life. Not everyone gets to do that. I certainly have the most supportive husband slash life partner that one could ever ask for, at least for me. Um, but that's been a blessing. And we've been able to, I, mean, I have 4,000 square feet of space that we've renovated in the barn. So people, my, my staff can come here and work. I mean, as you know, during coronavirus, they cer certainly weren't in the office. Um, but it, it gives us the best of, of both worlds and people can still work and take care of their families. And to me, that's what success is in being, you know, you use the term powerhouse. Um, I don't see myself that way. Um, I see myself as being in power of making my own decisions and creating the life that I want to live. And, you know, we, we live pretty humbly in, in a great way. Um, but, you know, we do get to enjoy wonderful things as well. Yeah. And I think it's important to note too, Gina, because you are a women-owned business. And with that, you you support women in, I get, I, I'm not sure of the right term, but I see how you've treated your employees and I see how your, your office and the people in your office are like family. It's, you know, you, you give people the empowerment to to work and make decisions and have success, but yet you're there for all of the guidance and everything else. And I think that's important because you, in my opinion, you cross over that family balance with work in a very um, graceful and empowering way. Thank you. You know, and it's interesting to hear you say that because I, I always love someone else's perspective. I think we get clouded by our own perspectives and that's what I would want to hear. And that's what I strive to do. And I'm always learning on how to do it better. So I appreciate hearing that. Um, you know, every else, everyone else's perception of you and, and who you are is nine tenths of, of their truth. And we all have our own little truths, right? Where we, mm -hmm. and especially women in business, we see ourselves as we see ourselves, we look in our own mirrors, but I love hearing what other people see in that mirror. Uh, and that's really public relations at its core, right? Um, yeah. That's what we do. It's, it's branding. It's what you do. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's personal branding and business branding through visuals, mm -hmm. through photography and through telling those stories visually. Um, whereas, you know, and, and that's really, I think at the core of public relations, and why, when I wrote my first book, Everyday Public Relations, and that one was for lawyers, we're actually going to be coming out with another one for professionals in general. Um, you're the first one to hear that, by the way. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, 
you know, when you, you look at public relations, it's everything. It's, it's how you treat your employees. It's how you treat your family. It's how you treat people at your religious institution, if you're religious. And it's how you, it's what information and, and, and everything you put out on social media. And that goes from personal to business. And, and I think people tend to, they hear the word public relations and they automatically think, get me on TV. It automatically media relations. As you were talking, I wrote that down. It starts on the inside. It's not, it doesn't start with who you're presenting in front of or what audience you have from a media perspective. It starts on the inside. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're right. As, as you were talking and you're saying this, I'm like, she's personal branding right there. So that personal branding and PR really do kind of go hand in hand. Well, they do. I mean, that's why you and I have worked together for so many years. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's when we bring you in on a photo shoot for a client, it's getting to the core and the essence of who that client is and, and understanding that we're going to be using those photos on their websites, in social media, in press releases, you know, it's, so the PR piece goes across the gamut and people tend to forget that. And so each touch point, whether it be visual or the written word matters. Yeah. 100%. And you know, that's public relations at its core mm-hmm. and, and, and really understanding not just who the various audiences are, but how to reach them in a way that's going to be beneficial for them. Yeah. So Jeannie, you started, uh, you didn't start your career as a PR expert. Well, I would, that's, or uh, did you? Like, I would love to hear how, because you come from a family of attorneys. Yes. So I would love to hear that first phase and how you transitioned, because now we know the story as to why you went into business for yourself and why, you know, and what you're doing now. But tell us that first phase, like what were you doing and what, what led you to become the known expert? And you really are. I mean, you are known as the PR and crisis management person. Well, at least in, in, in Bucks County and parts of Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Um, <laughs> in the legal industry, our company is definitely known nationally. Um, you know, I, I, I try to keep it in perspective for me. Um, but so to the first phase, um, I've always been a communicator. And I uh, went to Drexel University for corporate communications. And uh, I have an international business concentration, love business. Um, I am a third generation attorney. My dad was an attorney. Um, I started out at the age of perhaps 12 filing in his office. So I've I've been in the legal space my entire life. Um, His father was a judicial law clerk, uh, a judicial law clerk. I was a judicial law clerk. His father was uh, the first Italian American federal magistrate for, uh, in Pennsylvania. So he was basically a federal judge. And when he was sworn in, my dad took over his law practice and that was 1971. So I come from a long line of the law, the, the mm-hmm. legal space. When I went to Drexel, for those listeners who know Drexel University, we're, uh, our, our university is known as a co-op school. So you work in your industry and I had incredible jobs. I was assist- assistant editor of a newspaper when I was 19. Um, I was the director of corporate communications for an electronics company by the age of 20. Uh, so the types of jobs I had were really indicative of who I am and what I love. Fast forward to when I got out of college, I was in between going into pharmaceutical public relations and law school. And I had always sworn I was never going to be a lawyer because my dad was, and I didn't want to, um, I, I, I didn't want to work as hard as he did. Um, in fact, I think I might work harder, but that scares, and that scares me. But um, I, we were in a recession in 1991. And I decided to go to law school. I also decided I wasn't ready to grow up and get a job. (laughs) 
And that's just, that's just the blatant truth. And you know me, Robin, I, I, I tell the truth. Uh-huh. So I went to law school and what people, if you haven't gone to law school, people don't understand that it's a, you're a generalist. You don't become that tax attorney in law school or criminal defense attorney. That's what happens after law school. So um, I went into, I became a judicial law clerk. So I worked for a judge in Philadelphia and he had had a lot of death penalty cases. And it turns out that I was doing death penalty appeals at, right out of law school. They were also very high profile death penalty appeals and I had a risk management and corporate communications background from undergraduate. So all of a sudden I'm managing the media and managing the courtroom. And you know, when you're a judicial law clerk, you can't speak to the media. The answer is no comment. And mm -hmm. not, that's something I tell people never to, to say. So it, it's so interesting how that happened. Over the years, I found that the practice of law, the dance, as I like to call it, of uh, the negotiation dance was not the dance I enjoyed. And so I decided to look into really going back to the proactive side of communicating. I got a job in-house at a cable startup company and I, we rocked it. I mean, we were on the cover of three magazines in the industry and I was doing these big cable shows with like the Ted Turners of the world and just this really cool stuff and communicating and still util utilizing my law degree to look at contracts and things. So it was this really cool opportunity. Within six months, of course, that company got sold for $19 million. There went my job. Um, and I was interviewing at a pharmaceutical direct marketing agency and the HR person said to me, well, your resume came in through so-and-so, but I really don't understand what law has anything to do with direct marketing. And my answer was, well, that's interesting because in law, you communicate a message to a target audience to elicit a specific response. Isn't that the same thing you do in direct marketing? And I don't know where that came from, by the way. It was not planned. And <laughs> she went dead silent. She said, I'm setting up an interview with the CEO. And I, that's where I got my start in, in the industry for real. And he was one of, I'm not using names, but he was one of the most brilliant people I had ever worked for. Tough as nails. Um, I don't think he would get angry if I said there were days that people thought he was crazy, um, but in a, in a respectful way. And I learned a lot from him about what it takes to sit in this chair that I sit in today. And so a few years later, I had that wonderful opportunity to choose family over three hours of commute and an $8 million budget that I was managing elsewhere. And, um, I decided to start my own company and, and there you go. Fiori Ruble was launched literally on my birthday, uh, incorporated on my birthday. And that was my gift to me that year. And we ran with it and that was 18 years ago. So, um, yeah, and here we are. So that experience you had really, not only launched you into what you're doing today with the, from a PR and crisis management perspective, but it also gave you that, which you had the degree in business, but it gave you that foundation too of, of running your own company. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think that's one of the scariest things. I made so many mistakes when I started the company and did so many things the wrong way. And yet I did so many things the right way. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a balance. So when I talk to people now and they say, oh, I want to start my own company. I say, well, the first thing you need to do is get a good accountant and a bookkeeper. Like, forget everything else. Don't try to do the books yourself. You'll screw it up. I mean, I did. Um, you know, all the things we think we know, but we don't. And there's people that have degrees in those things. Mm -hmm. Um, you need to invest in them. A good, a good attorney setting up your corporation the right way. Uh, all those things people go, oh, well, I'm just going to go to LegalZoom and do that myself. Um, 
too many mistakes can be made. And I'm an attorney saying that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't review my own contracts. I have corporate counsel that does it. I can, mm -hmm. but I don't know what I'm going to miss. And they say the worst attorney is the one that represents themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, it definitely gave me a foundation to see, uh, you know, a number of things and I'll, you'll appreciate this. I remember reading something on my, the, that first company's website and they used the word creative with a capital C and they were referring to creative within the agency. In other words, a product. So when we deliver the creative, the product, and I thought it was a typo because I only knew creative as in the adjective. Mm -hmm. So there are little things, there are little idiosyncrasies in industry. So when you get those great opportunities to learn from, from wonderful mentors that you start to pick up. And if you do start your own business, you're, you're a few steps ahead of the game. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it makes absolute sense. I, I, to me, that's a huge blessing. I wish I had had someone that had mentored me to do what I'm doing today. Um, so when you talk about starting your business and those mistakes that you made, what is one mistake that stands out that you learned from that you would want to share with others so that they don't make that same mistake? Well, definitely it was doing my own books. Uh, I mean, that's the real, that's the real one, the big one. And I remember I worked with, um, a, she, she, I don't call her a business coach. She was a productivity expert. Her ne name is Neen James. Um, oh, I know Neen. So, yeah. Yeah. Neen used to live in this area and she coached me. And the very first thing she said is, what is the one thing you hate doing? And I said, bookkeeping. She said, then hire a bookkeeper. If you, how many hours are you spending a week? I said, oh, four or five. Should hire a bookkeeper and they'll do it in two. You'll free up four to five hours of your time and you use that for new business development. And I remember that and <laughs> I hired the bookkeeper. I'm like, oh boy, I've made so many mistakes. I was coding things wrong and I wasn't uh, accounting for certain taxes. And so I had a huge tax bill my first year. Um, I was just a mess. Everything else was going great. But, you know, that's the kind of thing where it's easy to make mistakes. Yeah. So, and, and, and they're harder to fix when it comes to the money. So um, that was the biggest one, I would say. That's interesting. Would you like to learn more about personal branding? Maybe you are ready to take your existing brand to the next level. The Brand Insider Mastermind will delve into every aspect of personal branding and help you create or up-level your personal brand, help your business soar to new heights. There will be an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to ask questions, an accountability partnership, an opportunity to grow your network and referral source, and much more. We will meet bi-weekly for one and a half hour sessions. During each session, a personal branding theme will be presented and discussed. Each individual will have time to ask questions and report on their specific tasks or action items. Goals and tasks will be set for the next two week period. And the Brand Insider Mastermind will be a place of accountability and connection with no judgment, only kindness and accessibility to personal and business development. The first session will run from April 1st to June 17th, a total of 12 weeks. Each mastermind participant will receive a one-on-one -on -one consultation at the end of the 12-week session. This is a value of $300, but will be included in the price of the mastermind for the introductory mastermind session. The themes that we will discuss and that will be taught during the mastermind sessions include the five C's of personal branding, the five W's of personal branding, the five components of a personal brand, how to identify your niche and ideal audience, content creation and differentiation, blogging, email marketing, networking, individual website and social media profile reviews and recommendations from me, participant-led discussions based on questions and needs. The price for this is only $397. It is a one-time, super low introductory price. Space is limited to only 12 participants to 
guarantee one-on-one -on -one attention. In addition to everything else mentioned, you will have access to my private Brand Insider Facebook group for ongoing access to the mastermind for learning, questions, and accountability. I sure hope to see you in the Brand Insider Mastermind in spring of 2020. To access the information, to learn more, or to register, go to my website, www.robingrahamphotography.com forward slash shop. I've heard a lot of other people say that as well. And I think it's really important to note that it's okay to turn things over. Like there are, we're not experts in everything we do. And so to turn something like that over that we're number one, not an expert in number two, we don't enjoy doing number three, we're putting ourselves at risk for mistakes, delegate it, hire someone else to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, I delegate a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Gina, what was your journey? Like what made you decide to become a women owned business and what was the journey to accomplish that? So, you know, I started out in a bedroom by myself. Uh, two years later, I had an assistant. Four years later, I had employees. And I started realizing that um, being a diverse-owned company, a women-owned company, really had its benefits. Um, and depending on the type of company you have, it could have even more benefits. So, for example, uh, for those companies that have uh, manufacturing, for example, Mm -hmm. or are bigger than, than Fury Ruble, where they're servicing government and municipal and major corporations. They all have diversity initiatives that require them to offer bids out to women-owned and minority-owned businesses. That's only happened to us once, but it was a very lucrative contract for five years. So it's not always the, the, for PR, I don't know that everyone necessarily has to be a women-owned certified company, How, and, but it has benefited us greatly. I mean, what we pay to go through the certification process, that application fee and recertification fee, has more than paid for itself for the life of the business with the one account that we got as a result of it. So you really have to, to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. But during the coronavirus scare, I saw a lot of uh, opportunities for women-owned businesses to supply uh, health masks to, you know, for those manufacturing companies where there were supplies in short, in short supply that the healthcare system needed. So there are things to be mindful of as well. And I know your listeners come from all different industries. Mm -hmm. So I want to be mindful of that. There are tons of benefits. Um, the journey was sitting down one day and just doing it. And, and that's the hardest thing for all of us who own our own businesses. It's just sitting down and doing it as you Yeah. Know. Taking the time. I mean, you know, you had to take the time to start your podcast mm -hmm. uh, yeah. so, that, so that you could reach more people and provide additional benefits. You know, it takes time mm -hmm. and it's, you have to dedicate that time. You have to set it, have to set it aside. Yeah. You, you kind of answered my question, but from a PR perspective, did having that women owned title did that or certification, did that help from a PR perspective? Like get your, did that help expand your business beyond just where you are and where you were sitting at that time? I think it continues to help. Um, it's a story you get to tell every year from a, from a PR perspective. If you don't have other things going on to tell, um, it's definitely important for companies and industries that are diversity and inclusion conscious. So for us, we work with big law firms. It's, mm -hmm. They're very conscious of that. So um, I don't believe it's the reason that we're ever hired. And it shouldn't be the reason we're ever hired. The reason we should be hired is because we're competent and qualified, which we are. But it if if you think about it, if you're competition is also competent and qualified, but doesn't have any diversity to bring to the table, then there's, go there's going to be a benefit. Yes. And so that's where you look at it as um, where, where is it added value? Yeah. Yeah. And that makes total sense because at the, at the end of the day, if you have two companies that are very 
comparative or comparative, you, you need something to yes. help make that decision or push the envelope to one versus the other. So yeah, that makes sense. And, and that is one of the things they'll look at is, is diversity. So, so Gina, let's talk a little bit about PR. Um, and I, I do want, and listeners, this, we are recording this where we are sitting today is in the midst of the coronavirus COVID-19 and we're quarantined. Gina's sitting in her office by herself with no employees. I'm sitting in my house with a plethora of activity because I have kids home doing cyber school. My husband's working remotely. So I want to talk a little bit about PR, but I also want to dive into crisis management because the experience we're having right now is unprecedented. And even though you might be hearing this episode a couple months from now, the reality is there are long-term precautions or um, repercussions of what's happening today. So Gina, let's talk a little bit about PR and then segue that into the crisis management that companies, whether they are, you know, it's an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, um, micro business, mid-sized business, or a large firm of attorneys. Um, what are some of the, the PR tips that you have for people? And then let's segue that into crisis management. Well, there are things that I, that always, um, that I always recommend. And one is transparency. Um, and no matter the situation, whether it be positive or what we, you know, a pandemic related, mm -hmm. uh, it's transparency. And often, you know, companies often try to hide. And I, I think one of the things that are, is going to come out of the pandemic that we're facing is that there will be much more transparency from companies. Um, honesty right down to we need help. And a lot of companies, company owners never like to ask for help. And now they're asking, right? So you're seeing a whole different perspective from people who have been uber successful to how am I gonna make ends meet? And then mm -hmm. people who've been uber successful saying, hey, look, companies uh, along the strip mall, you don't have to pay rent this month. Let's, let's figure this out together. Uh, you're taking some of the onus off of the smaller businesses. One of the things I heard on the news just today, I loved, there's a company in Chicago, a restaurant. <laughs> They're offering a roll of toilet paper with every home delivery of food. That's brilliant. Right? Now, think about that as a PR move in December of 2019. And we would have all thought, are you kidding me? That's disgusting. Why would anybody do that? Now we're facing coronavirus. They can't have people in their restaurants. They have an overabundance of supply. So they're looking for a way to keep their business going, keep their employees employed and making money and serve the community in a way that's different. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. That's marketing and PR at its best. And, and, and it was just so simple. And I, I, I don't think I would have thought of that. No, I don't think I would have thought of that either. Right. And we're both, and we're both pretty creative, <laughs> but it was so. just, you know, it, 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 it takes all of the common senses that we're used to applying to making a decision on how to promote something. And it just turned it on, it turned it on its back, right? Mm -hmm. it, it flipped it. And, you know, we did something this week for a retirement community that we, that we serve as their PR agency, uh, Pine Run Retirement Community right here in Doylestown, Bucks County. And what we worked with with them was, a, uh, a, a sunshine campaign, bringing sunshine into the, to the center and to their health center where they're not allowed any visitors. Mm -hmm. So we're asking parents who have kids at home to draw pictures, draw cards, send messages, asking the parents to photo, take a photo or a PDF of them and email them to the nursing home, to the, to the senior care center, and they will print them there because we don't want to send any mail or any, right. you know, because we're not, 
even sure yet as to whether or not it survives on paper mm -hmm. surfaces. So in the abundance of caution, but the interesting thing about that, that's it's PR, right? It's getting the word out that to do good, to make a difference, to spread the sunshine. They, they're not bringing in new people this week. It's about something positive, that mm -hmm. transparency of bringing joy to seniors. And, you know, but we had to work through. So the other side of PR is working through all the different things with something like that. So, you know, thinking through the point, well, it can't be send cards, send pictures, mail it. It has to be. So they even set up a separate email address that where people can send these things to so that they can print them and put them up around the facilities. So, so Gina, what you just said, you you made me think of something because when you said they're not bringing in new patients, this isn't a matter of selling, but there is a fine line, I think, um, when it comes to PR and perception, when we have a crisis like this, and really anytime something big and negative is going on in, in the world, and we are trying, we still have to promote our businesses. I mean, at the end of the day, we still have to make an income. We still have to pay the bills. Those aren't yes. stopping. So we still have to market ourselves. What, I mean, in my mind, there's kind of a fine line. And like, I have been somewhat intimidated or afraid to put a lot of content out relating to my business right now, because I don't want to offend someone that maybe is struggling with the virus or has a family member with the virus or has lost a loved one because of the virus. So how do you well, recommend frankly, handling that? On deaf ears. It, if you were to put something out as we sit here today in um, mid-March 2020, and you try to promote your business, it, people are going to say, is she crazy? I mean, mm -hmm. it will fall on deaf ears. What you need to do is be a resource for people. Find ways to share who you are that are creative. Talk to, so for example, in photography, you're not going to be photographing a wedding this weekend. You're I'm not, not photographing well, anybody. <laughs> well, you know, right, right. But you can be talking about um, how people can be photo documenting history Mm -hmm. themselves right because this is history this is you know someday we will look back and right now we're we're in it but you can be looking at it through the eyes of a a, a photographer and saying what are some of the things you can do with your own personal photography to help you feel better about where life is today and to document the growth of your children and to do some things with your iPhone, um, you know, so you can really be looking at it completely differently too. And that's what's happening. Yeah. Restaurants are doing curbside delivery that have never done it before. And lawyers are working from home and courts are having video conferencing because they still have to have these hearings and they're doing it by video. And, uh, you know, work a lot will change. Mm -hmm. Let's face it. There will be a lot that changes. Yeah. You know, the I mean, we don't, we don't know by, by the time this episode airs, we will probably know a little bit more about what the repercussions are going to be. Right. But today we don't know. So that, you know, I love how you said transparency. And I think that's really important because we live in such a digital world where PR is at our fingertips really, but we can have negative PR and we can have positive PR because the yes. more we're putting out digitally and the more people are seeing and the more risk we have of people perceiving us in certain ways. And, you know, it's intimidating when you, when you go out and you look at all this stuff and you see all these people who are representing themselves as this perfect lifestyle. So I love that you say transparency because it's similar to authenticity, but yet it takes it a little bit deeper because we can all be authentic, but where is that level of transparency with authenticity and you know it depends on every situation i mean there's i'm i'm, I'm choosing my words so forgive the pause it's authenticity is just as valuable a a um a word or or a value to live by 
and transparency is, you know, especially at this time when you're dealing with a crisis and this crisis could last for months for all we know and, and things are going to change and to be transparent about how they have changed is going to be important as well. Um, the, the truth be told is I've never dealt with a pandemic before. You've never dealt with a pandemic before. Mm. So we're all learning as we go. We're reading. We're, uh, half my day is spent reading information from reliable resources, from authenticated resources, so that I can make sure that any information I share or any counsel that I give to my clients is vetted. Uh, and that's, that's another part of it. So, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot we're going to learn from this. There's a lot that will change. And I think there's a lot of positive that's coming from such a global challenge. Mm -hmm. We are finding humanity again. We are finding grace again. We are seeing the environment, um, regenerate and be healthy um slightly again you know even if it's for the short term uh, there's blue water in venice with dolphins and there's blue skies in china um you know things that give us hope for the future and and know that every one of our industries is going to change and we're going to have to be agile and change with it and how we communicate that internally is just as much a pr message as what we do externally. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to another question. So from a PR perspective, how do people tell their stories to the media? How do they get the word out about their companies, what they're doing, how they're being creative or how they're handling crisis management? So it, it depends. And, and you, you know, you said earlier about, you know, should I be telling my normal story? The answer right now, again, going back March, 2020 is no. Um, the media does want to hear what's being done creatively. They do want to hear what's being done to support others in the community. They do want to know what breakthrough, breakthroughs there are, how people are being productive working from home. So all of those things are messages they want. Mm -hmm. um, what they don't want is to hear, oh, we promoted so-and-so last week. And while that might be important to so-and-so in your office, hold the message. Mm -hmm. um, so timing is everything and the how, comes to, um, that's a whole nother podcast, by the way, but it, it comes to creating relationships and being a good resource. And, and sometimes it comes to asking somebody else to share your story. So for us in PR, in, the, in this industry, a lot of times it's us sharing someone else's story because we already have the relationships, but that's not what I meant by that. It could be that you know someone who has a friend who is a reporter for X, and their friends on social media and just asking them to forward that along uh, because it's a, an, a sort of an endorsement. And that's a really good way to get stories told right now, especially for small businesses who don't have a budget for a mm -hmm. PR agency or whose budgets have been decimated as a result of coronavirus and still need to um, get their word out there. But it has to be, it's not just a pat on the back story today. And I don't believe it will be for quite a while. I That's believe that it's going to have to be very sensitive to the environment that we are dealing with. And it's no different than if you're in the middle of an, a, an election and all the news outlets that are covering election news and trying to get some, you know, small event covered on the same day as election night. <laughs> you know? I mean, right. Think about it. You know, it, it's kind of common sense, but we forget because we get very caught up in what's going on in our own worlds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's more, it's more or less thinking outside the box and being very cognizant of the timing. But if you are doing something and really in general, no matter what season we're in, whether we're in a pandemic or not, there are opportunities to share your message in and the positive things you're doing. Don't try to sell it, but try to, you know, educate, inform, yes. entertain educate, inform. Mm -hmm. and, and share that. And, and, and chances are because the media, they want something light and airy. They want positive yes. to share, not just negative. So so go ahead and, and reach out to people, no matter, no matter what the circumstances are. Exactly. Exactly. 
That's awesome. Well, Gina, I know you are on a time constraint. Do you have any questions for me that you want to ask me before we close out or any other tips that you'd like to give to listeners? Stay positive, stay true to yourself, know your audience. Don't expect anything from the media. They're not there to serve you. They're there to serve their audiences. Mm. And know that when you have a good story, it will get picked up. But it's got to come, you know, a lot of it has to come from the heart and the head. You know, it's, it, 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 it has to be a mix of both. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's a really good message because there has to be, and especially in times like this and probably throughout the summer and fall as well, I think empathy is going to be a critical component to anyone's future success. Well, and it's, it's a critical component to how we live. Um, I do actually have to go on to handling a crisis <laughs> as my computer screen is lighting up. Um, that's the reality of the world we live in. Yes. So well, uh, Gina, it was an honor to have you here and hopefully we'll be able to have you back someday where we can just really dive into PR and not necessarily just crisis management, but stay safe, stay healthy. And thank you for being here. And Robin, thank you for being you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I wish you all the success and I look forward to catching up soon. Thank you. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. Ratings and reviews are what give life to podcasts and help others find us. And before you go, have we connected on Instagram yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Find me at the Robin Graham. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in your stories so that I can find you too. You can also find me on Facebook at Robin Graham Photography and on LinkedIn as Robin Graham. Please spread the word about the Second Phase Podcast. And until next time, remember to smile. <laughs>